0: Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host.
1: Well, hey, thanks for joining us. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here with lead pastor Chad Moore, who is also a diehard Cowboys fan. Chad, we haven't had a (laughs) chance to talk about the Cardinals-Cowboys game yet. What went wrong? Well, it will be a couple of weeks by the time people hear this. Yep.
2: But the list of what went wrong (laughs) is long, exhaustive, tiring, and disappointing. So let's just uh, move right on. Did you watch it? You know what? I'm upset that you would bring up... Such an emotionally straining mm-hmm. topic
1: right out of the gate in a podcast without making me aware ahead of time. Well, this is where we get vulnerable, and this is where people get to see the real Chad. So. Yeah,
2: it's also where I remember that yearly reviews are coming up, Robert. So, do <laughs> uh, no, you watch I, it was, all the
1: way to the end of the game? That was
2: I. I, did, I fell asleep, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it so does your team? So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was not a great night at the uh, at the Moore House. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: yeah, we 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 none of us got along well, last as a, night. As a lifelong Cardinals fan, it's exciting for me. So, yeah,
2: good good was, for you again. Grateful they, yeah, for a win. Been a couple of weeks ago everybody, but yeah,
1: all Cardinals fans are happy
2: and all Cowboys fans are embarrassed,
1: but what else is new? All right. So, we have officially now gone into the wild a week ago and we are continuing into the series. wild. Every time, so while we were recording, every time Chad would do any kind of voice thing, he never just said wild, it was always wild wild. <laughs> And every time I just like, I like that. yeah, you really leaned into that rasp that you have in your voice, your natural raspiness. That's the way it goes, man. That's the way God made me. Old smoking woman voice. That's right. It's notable. People recognize it. Even if they don't recognize your face, they recognize your voice. That is a fact, actually. I'll be somewhere and have a hat and sunglasses
2: on. And if I talk, people, oh, Pastor Chad. If I If I don't, they just think
1: I'm a 12-year-old boy with gray hair standing over in the corner. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, so this weekend we talked about one of the most uh, notable miracles in the Bible, as far as dramatic, you don't get too much more dramatic than this miracle that takes place with Elijah, and it's kind of this epic culmination of all the preparation God's been doing in Elijah's life, and it's a throwdown between him and ultimately King Ahab and Jezebel, but it's also the prophets of Baal and Asherah who have been leading the people of Israel astray. And he sets the stage on a mountaintop. Give us a a little picture of of what's going on in this story.
2: Well, first of all, um, the fact that uh, you were scheduled to give this sermon Mm -hmm. is proof that I love you, even though you make fun of me and my football team. Uh, because that's one of my favorite accounts in all the Bible.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a message where you just tell the story and walk off stage. Yeah, like, you just you, yeah. you just
2: read it, pray, and let's let's all go home or get on with our day. Yeah, um, yeah. Such such an, such an epic scene. I mean, you you laid the groundwork. So the prophets are there, and Elijah's there, and Elijah basically said, "Let's find out who's who's the real God, mm-hmm. um, or specifically, let's find out who's the Lord God." Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so all of those, uh, prophets,
1: you always say Baal, you say it correctly. I'm from Texas. I say the prophets of Baal. Well, the reality is neither of us say it correctly. Cause anytime I go to Israel and somebody starts saying names, they of prophets, say differently. I don't recognize any of who they're talking about. And they're like, oh, you say what?
2: Yeah. So I would say the prophets of Baal, but, but same false gods, mm-hmm. little G gods, false, false prophets. And Elijah says, well, let's have a showdown, you know, high noon and uh if your your little g gods are real, mm-hmm. then then they'll come through, and then, if my God, the Lord God is real, he'll come through,
1: yeah, and i I picture you say showdown, I picture it plays out like a western in my head, like I imagine. Awkward, you know, tense silence, and a tumbleweed like rolls through the scene. Like it's all, it's going down. Wah. Yeah, yeah, you got that. Something's whole thing going to happen. Someone's going to die. Clint Eastwood
2: this is is smoking a cigarillo somewhere <laughs> <laughs> on this mountain wearing a poncho. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's got that vibe to it. Yep, and it's and it's one on hundreds. Yeah, kind of a showdown.
2: Yeah, it's it's the good, the bad, and and the ugly. And and to your point, the fact that Elijah stood alone. Mm-hmm. Um is proof in what God is doing in his character and the confidence that yes. has been built in Elijah, the
1: confidence that he has and in I would, God. And I would go one step further to say he gets to the level of cockiness. It's not just confidence, because at one point, he starts mocking his opponents. I mean, they're pouring their hearts out and literally pouring their blood out onto the ground, praying that their God would answer with fire and consume this this you know sacrifice or whatever, and he starts asking you know is your god on the can like yeah. what's going on like in the Hebrew that's what he's saying, which I don't care who you in the are. The Hebrew is your god on the on is the your can. God yeah. on the is is he can? he still re- is it, is reading it? the newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's thousands of years later. That that joke still translates. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. So he's in the toilet. Yeah. So he's got all his confidence to the level of he can mock his opponents. Um, how How did he get there, and do you think that do you think he crossed the line? Do you think he was like unhealthy in his level of confidence in that moment?
2: Well, let's allow people to be human. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying uh i I don't know that he went too far i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna stay positive with Elijah because Elijah's carrying around so much pressure mm-hmm. I mean what you have. Um, y- you have basically Jezebel and her husband. I mean, that's how the story's going. Mm-hmm. The last decision that her husband ever made was when he said, I do, mm-hmm. right? Jezebel's running the show. yeah. And uh, so you have this evil queen who's really out to kill Elijah. And Elijah has put all of his chips on the table at this moment. I mean, if God doesn't come through, it's over for Elijah. That's right. And so even though the little G gods, nothing's, nothing's happening. And I would go so far, you know, is there, any, is there any legitimacy to these little G gods that these people were worshiping? I would say yes. There was mm-hmm. probably dem- demonic uh, forces at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about idol worship. So you're talking about things in the, in the realm of witchcraft and those kinds of things. So they had probably seen supernatural things happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Elijah's point is uh, there's a Lord God uh, stop wavering between who you will worship Yeah, and worship the Lord God. And so, yeah, so he does he take it too far? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would think the fact that he sees no supernatural activity from demonic forces at all, his confidence is building, he's carrying the stress of this may cost me my life, you know, whether God does or doesn't do, blessed be the name of the Lord, I'll worship him. But it is a showdown. Yeah. And so when nothing's happening, they're cutting themselves, all of that. And he says, well, you know, may, maybe your God is in the toilet. I mean, I I just like that. Yeah. Um, I, I like the confidence
1: that Elijah has in God. Well, and to your point earlier, so he's standing alone. Now there's other prophets that are hidden out in caves and whatnot. And there's, you know, Obadiah is on, on the side of the Lord and, and the, there's other people in the story. But in this moment on this mountain, he is standing alone. But... He's not alone because God's been preparing him. Hey, I'm with you, Elijah. You aren't alone in this moment. And it's not Elijah's clever plan that he comes up with. He's just following the leading of God in this moment. Um, and so it's that whole me plus Jesus is an unconquerable majority. That that confidence of if God's sending me into this thing, like I don't have to be afraid.
2: Yeah, and and Elijah has, just to bring everybody up to speed with where we are in the series, you know, the first week we talked about God sending Elijah to the Kareth Ravine, Mm -hmm. uh, to the brook where he's alone. God has ravens, and this is so cool. I mean, God has ravens bringing him breakfast and dinner, and he's drinking from the brook. Uh, He leaves from there um, because the brook dries up, but God tells him to move. And, and you have this amazing miracle mm-hmm. between Elijah and the widow and her son. And then the son dies and Elijah prays and he's resurrected. It's it's the first resurrection in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elijah has seen God do amazing things. And so he's, he's prepared for battle.
1: Yeah. So he goes in with this incredible confidence and to the point of, you know, did he go too far mocking him? I mean, these are dead men walking. I mean, the... The consequence for somebody who claimed to be a prophet and wasn't was death. I mean that's the that's the Mosaic law at the time and so they get done. the Lord God rains down fire so Elijah to to really stack the deck in these other prophets favor he says, you guys pick the bull first, you guys get to go first by the way, Baal he's the god of the sky and fire and he's depicted in ancient you know writings as holding a lightning bolt. so when he says, hey wh- whichever fire rains down like all the prophets are going. We have all the home court advantage here. We're on the mountain next to the sky. Our lightning God of the sky is going to rain down fire and, you know, this is going to be a piece of cake. And then Elijah pours water during a three-and-a-half-year drought where people are dying. Yeah, there, There's no water. People are dying because of the lack of, of water and, and produce. He dumps out enough water to fill up a trench around this thing, gets everybody close, prays this. I, I timed it out, about 30-second prayer.
2: Yeah, and, and this is a—so uh, so both teams have these altars. Yeah. This is a massive altar. This is not a small thing. So yeah. you're talking about hundreds of gallons of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, soaking the sacrifice as well as filling up
1: the trench all yep. the way around. Yeah. So then he prays this prayer. But uh, one other thing I want to point out. So as he sets it up, he uses 12 stones. Uh, to represent the twelve tribes of Israel, every everything he's doing he's he's helping point israel 's attention into the past. Look at what God has done um, stones the of stones remembrance. of remembrance and and remember who our God is, and the even the fire raining down on a sacrifice had happened before in the old testament. this isn't the first time, so Elijah, led by God, knows oh god 's done this in the past, he 's going to do it again, and he 's helping remind everybody of their spiritual heritage, of where they've come from, and then, boom, fire rains down. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to say this, so I'm just going to. There's somebody listening to this right now, and you've had a hard time for a long time, and it almost feels like you're in a battle. Um, maybe there has been some spiritual forces that have been pushing against you in, in your life, um, and I just want to tell you, God wants you to remain faithful. Uh, The power is coming and you can, you can trust God. And that's exactly where Elijah is. So he's up against uh, really these demonic forces. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what's going on in the spiritual realm and the representatives, which are the prophets. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he soaks the whole thing down.
1: So he prays and then boom. And the fire fell. Fire falls. And it's not just like a little fire just to, you know, we're going to cook this steak medium rare. It, it consumes everything, including the stones, including all the water. I mean, it just is vaporized into nothing.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite parts in the passage is it says the flames lick up the water in the trench. Mm-hmm. That That's some fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This vivid picture. So at this point... A nuclear
2: bomb hits this thing.
1: So you got 450 people sincerely devoted, zealous, praying to a God who doesn't exist and then you have elijah 32nd prayer boom so now the people they go oh it's clear now the lord is god yeah the lord he is god and they they declare that um, it's short lived i mean they don't they don't stay in that place but in that moment they're they're crystal clear that baal does not answer and and yahweh does um, but before all of this there's this little brave heart moment that elijah has with the people of israel and and you referred to it earlier. He says, "Stop wavering." And in the Hebrew, it's a picture. And it's as I researched it, it's it's a picture of a bird hopping between two branches, just going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Uh, it, it's this idea of just I'm 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 going to be here. I'm going to swing the pendulum over here. I'm going to swing it back over here. I'm going and and just wavering, going back and forth. Because that's a word we don't typically use, but it's just this. I can't pick a side. And, and he goes, "How long are you guys going to keep wavering? Stop wavering. Choose. If it's Baal, follow him. If it's God, if it's the Lord, follow him. But freaking make a decision and, and choose and, and quit just kind of hanging out in that middle ground." Yeah. Where do you see? So today, I haven't met anybody yet that is like, "Hey, I'm a proud worshiper of Baal," or "I'm a you know you don't meet, you don't meet people um, today." People still waver and they still waver between little G-gods and, and the Lord God, what does modern-day wavering look like?
2: Well, a little G-god would be anything in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, and it could be you're listening, um, and you're not real sure what you believe. So, so the statement is for people who would say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. A little G-god in your life, a little G-god in my life, would be anything that takes precedence, over my relationship with God and what God says. Mm-hmm. And we all have those. Yeah, So it could be you're dating somebody
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know that the relationship is not honoring to God, but you're choosing the relationship over what God wants. Mm-hmm. Then that relationship would be a little G God in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know what God wants you to do in your finances, mm-hmm. get first, save second, live on the rest but you choose not to do that, then money is a little g-god in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, but you haven't confessed it, you're not fighting it, then whatever that is, um, is a little g-god in your life. Uh, So we all have these moments where we're deciding what's most important. And and what's interesting is we, we do that uh, usually, you know, oh, that's wrong, that's bad, you know, love God, hate sin, don't do that anymore. But the reason we stay in the relationship is because we trust it to satisfy our soul more than God. Mm-hmm. The reason that we don't honor God with our money is because we trust money more than we trust God to satisfy the longings of our soul. The reason that we continue to look at whatever uh, in the realm of addiction and all that is because at some point now we're addicted. So that's a bigger issue. But at some point we thought that was going to do it for us more than uh, our relationship with God. So it's all goes back to where our hope lies, what, what, we, what we trust in. All sin, when you boil it down, is is really an idol worship issue mm-hmm. because all sin is about what we what we trust if you look at the 10 commandments the first commandment is, don't worship any other gods besides me. Well, the truth is, you get that one right, you get them all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lie because we put our trust in something else. We commit adultery because we put our trust in something else. On and on and on it goes. Yeah, It all comes down to what is our hope in. I love the picture. I didn't know that. Thank you for just now teaching mm-hmm. me that. I love the picture of the bird hopping back and forth. What is the foundation of my life and what do I stand on and out of that make all my decisions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are my decisions based on?
1: Yeah. So, if somebody's listening, because some of the things you just mentioned aren't bad things. No. You know, yeah, sure, looking at porn. Okay, yeah, we'll put that in the realm yeah, of that's, bad things. That's yeah, that's a bad thing. Uh, but, like, relationships or family. I mean, you could make your kids a little G-God.
2: Yeah. Well, sin is not just doing bad things. Uh, sin is also when we make a good thing an ultimate thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, it's 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 when i let me let me give a total left field Bring illustration in. all right so this is a really good thing that i'm about to say i want i have two boys i want both of my boys to make good sound moral decisions from now till the day they die for the rest of their lives yep. right i want them to follow jesus uh, i want them to do all of that for their good But there's also a part of me that wants them to do that because the decisions they make are a reflection upon me, Mm -hmm. right? So I've got a teenager right now, and on occasion, somebody will let me know what my teenager is doing or not doing. And I remind them that I love my teenager more than I love what they think about what's going on in his life right now, right? Because he's a kid, and Mm -hmm. we're going to let him be a kid. We're going to let him grow up. We're not going to put any pressure on him that is— That is unfair. Mm -hmm. And so typically I'll say, well, you worry about raising your kids and I'll worry about raising mine, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I'm saying that not because that's a big issue or anything. But if if what I want my boys to become becomes the ultimate thing in my life— then suddenly two things are happening. One, I'm not trusting God anymore. Mm-hmm. And two, I'm actually not loving my boys. I'm using them mm-hmm. to better my own reputation. Those kinds of things, and you may have to rewind that and listen to that again, but those kinds of things are so subtle yeah. that we take a good thing and we make it an ultimate thing. Yeah. Um, my marriage is so important to me. But it's not the ultimate thing in my life. If it is, then all of my emotion and well-being is going to rise and fall based Mm -hmm. on how that relationship's going today. Mm -hmm. And and the challenge is, you know, uh, I married a sinner and my wife married an even bigger one, Mm -hmm. right? And there's an ebb and flow to that relationship. And so if that's the ultimate thing in my life— I'm always going to be, again, back to the tree branch, I'm always going to be unstable. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's always going to be a lack of stability in my life. But if the ultimate thing in my life is my relationship with God, so I love my wife out of that relationship, uh, ultimate thing, my relationship with God, I love my boys out of that relationship, then now I'm operating from a source of strength. I'm keeping the ultimate thing the ultimate thing, and I'm managing the good things the way that he wants me to. And those things are so subtle.
1: Yeah, that's good. So we're all out of time here. I want to keep having this conversation. I went off on a sermon for it a second. It was good. It was a good sermon. Uh, but we'll have to pause there. We're going to continue the conversation next week, continuing to talk about the life of Elijah. If you are enjoying the podcast, if you would subscribe, like, share, all of that good stuff. And also, uh, if you have any questions you want Chad to answer, including totally left field, random off the wall questions, uh, go ahead and uh, comment or send us an email at podcast at sunvalleycc.com. And uh, I think that's the right email. We'll find out. If not, they'll let us that part out. Podcast at what, Yeah, that's what I said. That's a thing, right? Yeah, that sounds right. All right. Well, let us know. We'll that's try to answer as many questions. We have had some come in. We're going to be answering those here soon, uh, but want to get a, a few more questions. I want to say one more thing Go as ahead. we wrap up. And, and you you hit the question
2: uh, in this account in Scripture, the question that we all need to ask ourselves. You, you, you hit it earlier, Robert, and I want to make sure that we're thinking about it. And that's why do you waver? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll confess this, you know, I'm a pastor, but I'm not perfect. There are little G-gods in my life that I have to battle. Uh, They take priority sometimes over my relationship with God. Why do I waver and why do I trust in something that ultimately will not totally satisfy? Mm -hmm. And so wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, anything right now that's taking precedence over your relationship with God or what God wants, I would encourage you not to waver. And to plant your feet firmly in the faith that you have in Jesus.
1: Today. Choose today. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And as we wrap up the podcast, one more thought. Go ahead. Go Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, you need to pray for me this season. It's just awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No more ankle injuries. Yeah. All right. Good podcast today.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.